building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Hello and good day (laughs) and welcome back to the art of entrepreneurship. Today we are talking about doing the deep work and distraction. This topic actually kind of scares me a little bit because I sometimes get very distracted. And when I do things like reading the deep work book that I'm reading, I have to examine my habits. And sometimes it's not fun to look at yourself, but it's always necessary, right? So in our book club at my company, we are currently reading Deep Work by Cal Newport, and it's been pretty fascinating so far. It's really put into perspective how distracted really all of us are. I would guess most of us live an extremely distracted life, and I was really able to look at myself and figure out some steps that I need to take to reduce distraction, some that I've already taken and some that I still need to take. And there's some other ways that I am still holding myself back and I have not figured out how to resolve yet. And I'm going to be honest with you about that today. The first part of the book is really interesting because it discusses all of the people that do deep work and what they got out of it and how they do it. And this includes things like locking themselves in a cabin in the woods and not being available to people via email at all. And for for most of us, that is just straight up not realistic in today's digital world, especially if you're working a career that involves being at a computer or you're running a business. One person in our book club actually noted just how discouraging it was to read all of that because I think some level of distraction is a necessary part of our work to some extent, right? Like being employed at a marketing agency, being on social media is probably needed, at least for our clients. You don't really have to do it yourself. But that said, I just think there are a lot of changes that we can all make in order to do deeper work and to do better work. I think there are really stories that we tell ourselves around our productivity and around the things that we must do. And they're so interesting because they're not always true, right? I talked to a friend last week and he was talking about how he has to work on vacation and he went on vacation with his family and ended up working a few hours a day. And frankly, that has been me almost all nine years of running this business outside of this last vacation. So it was so interesting because I was listening to the words he was saying and I was like, oh dang, I used to sound like that too. I think that we tell ourselves that we must be available all the time in certain jobs. And some people have that personality where they just want to make themselves available all the time. We tell ourselves that we must be on Slack. I talk to people on my team all the time that are like, well, what do people think, you know, if I'm not on Slack or what if I'm not available and something important happens? And it's like, well, people probably are not going to be slacking you in an emergency. They might call you. But Slack is like one point of escalation out of many, right? So 
All of that is to say, I challenge you to take a look at the stories that you're telling yourself and ask, are they true? Do I have to be available all the time? And are the things I'm doing actually accomplishing the outputs that I want? I would also wonder, what is the opposite point of view? So like the vacation story, the opposite point of view is what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you do log out? What backup could you put in place? Could you give your cell phone number as a point of escalation if needed so you don't have to log on? I mean, that's a midpoint. I would ask yourself, is there any of the story that you're telling yourself that's true? Because sometimes we're just straight up lying to ourselves. And then ask yourself, what would it look like if I was going to change this habit or if I had to change this habit? I definitely think that there are some jobs that gauge your productivity based on when you're online. I heard about this creepy software that like gauges your productivity because it watches your desktop and what you're doing all day. No, hard pass. (laughs) That's not something I would ever do to myself or my employees. But I remember working in corporate. I distinctly remember when I was really hustling, trying to trying to climb the corporate ladder. And I would try to notice when certain people were online at night. We didn't have Slack. We had some kind of older school messenger. I can't even remember what it is. But I would remember when they were online at night. And once in a while, I would get a message from these managers or directors or VPs or even the president of the company. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so special. They know that I'm working at night. Right. And so I tortured myself trying to be available and look productive. And I mean, I was working a lot and I've always just been a workhorse. It's part of who I am and I mostly like it. But if you are in an environment that gauges your productivity based on when you're on Slack, I don't know, there's some conversations to be had or maybe some new jobs to be found. Let's talk a little bit about how to go about doing the deep work. I talked about some of this in episode 94, but I'm going to recap some of it from the book Make Time. I really, again, if you haven't read it, pick it up. It is a life changer. The first tip that I took advantage of from that book was highlight time. There is a problem with all of our calendars that we just let people book meetings whenever they pop up. And then suddenly you have five, seven, eight, sometimes 10 meetings all stacked up in different parts of the day. Well, when you're in meetings all day or you have like a 15 minute meeting and then 30 minutes off and a 30 minute meeting and then a two hour, you can't get anything done. There is a cost of switching tasks and you can't get anything done in between. So I would get the blessing of your boss or do it yourself. If you're the boss, bless yourself to give yourself highlight time. Block off at least two hours for focus time every day and decide what you're going to work on. Just blocking the time is not enough because it's really easy for that time to get zapped into something else. Next up is turn off your freaking notifications. If you have heard this on this podcast and you still have your phone going off all day, it's time to turn them off. I get notifications for texts and I usually either put my phone on airplane mode or put it face down while I'm working. And well, airplane mode, now there's focus mode and all those fancy things, you know. And everything else is off. The little red bubble notifications on my iPhone are off. The 
push notifications are off. There's absolutely no no sound. God, my phone's been on silent for 10 years. Everyone's always like, how do you not know when I call? And by everyone, I mean my parents. And it's like, well, if my phone's always on silent and there's no vibration, I don't know when anyone calls unless I'm looking at it. Sorry, but I'm really not sorry. But I love you still, if you are listening to this. <laughs> uh, delete social media is the next tip. Every time I'm done with Instagram, I delete it. I try not to keep any social media on my phone. I find that sometimes it's just force of habit that you pick up your phone and then you go to mindlessly scroll something. Sometimes I've picked up my phone and I've ended up on social media or on my to-do list or in my email. And then I'm like, what was I even doing when I picked up my phone in the first place? Silly. If you delete social media, it will cut your social media time by 75, 80, 90% guaranteed because you will have to take the steps to re-download it and actually like proactively go and do the downloading and dismissing the 800 notifications that pop up at the beginning so that you can waste time on Instagram. I bet it will really make you think. Or you could quit social media altogether. There is actually a large section in deep work about why you should get off social media and it is pretty darn convincing. We all know, I think we all know, that social platforms are designed to keep you there and they're designed to keep you coming back. Actually, I was reading last night about Snapchat and its use by teenagers and how they have like put some Jedi mind tricks in place. Not really mind tricks, but you know, um, to keep teenagers coming back and kind of get them addicted and rank their friendships and keep their snap streaks going and just how horribly toxic it is for a developing mind. And all social media platforms are designed in this way. I think a lot of us also look for that hit of dopamine and that feels good from social media. Like, ooh, a notification or, oh, someone left a nice comment. You know, like it makes you feel good and it just turns your brain on a little bit and then you want to go back and back and back over and over again. And I think worse than all of this is it can just have a serious impact on your confidence. I talked to a friend of mine that said she was going to get off of Instagram for 30 days. I talked to her yesterday because she said she was going to do the month of July and she still now isn't on it. And I was like, hmm, I noticed you're still not on the gram. What's up? And she said that she feels so much better. She's not playing the comparison game and she's just really reevaluating altogether how much she uses social media and how she uses social media the impact on her life and that it just isn't as positive as she thought it was and that she really didn't miss it. And this was from a pretty serious social media user with tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. If she can do it, I can do it. It's my next step and you can do it too. They talk about this banning yourself from social media strategy in deep work. They say, do it for 30 days. They say, don't announce it. I know people love to announce like, oh, I'm not going to be on social media for a while. So bye. (laughs) I don't know. I hope I've never done that, but maybe I have. And then at the end of 30 days, you ask yourself two questions. One is, would the last 30 days have been notably better if I had been able to use social media? And two is, did people care that I wasn't using it? I'm so interested to find out the answers to that. I probably wouldn't fully quit social. I'm definitely not quitting LinkedIn because it's such a big driver of biz for my 
business, but Instagram, I don't know. I don't know that I really have a point of posting there except just like family pics and whatnot. Okay, here's another tip. You do not have to respond to every email. And this is a really interesting thought that I read in Deep Work, and I was honestly kind of shocked by it. It said, as a graduate student at MIT, I noticed that many famous academics share a rare approach to email. Their default behavior is to not respond. They believe it is the sender's responsibility to convince the receiver that a reply is worthwhile. Hmm. If you were following that policy, how many emails would you actually respond to and how many would you delete? I sure as heck went and deleted a few after I read that. I was like, this is not worth it. Not worth it. Okay. Just a couple more things. The next one is cutting the news. It is good to be informed, but the news is just a horrible, a horrible thing right now. There's just so much terrible stuff going on in the world and... It's just not fun to read. So stay informed if you want to, but try not to get distracted by it all day. If you have a bunch of news apps, turn them off. If you have news apps pushing notifications, bye-bye. That needs to end, probably. At least it needed to for me. I discussed this last week a little bit. Just the news is full of terrible stories that cloud your brain, and you're largely helpless to a lot of the things that are happening in the news. Okay. The last tip is learning how your body works and actually using the information to do something with it. So like if you are feeling lethargic or you have brain fog or you're constantly tired and annoyed, I was like this for many years. And frankly, I haven't been sleeping super well lately. So I might be like this a little bit right now, but I did start a few years ago monitoring Uh, my sleep. So like my sleep consistency, how much deep sleep and REM sleep I'm getting, um, figuring out how to reduce my resting heart rate and just get better sleep. And I feel a lot better. And it's in your power to learn how to do all of this. It's within your power to learn what your body likes to eat. It's within your power to learn when you focus the best and how to feed your brain and when you should be sleeping and when you can get into flow. I think that we don't take enough power and enough control over the way that we function and it's time to take your power back in that situation. All right, that is it for today. It's a long one. If you are distracted, like I'm guessing you are, like I am, I think we all are on a daily basis, I challenge you to just take one action this week to start doing deeper work. And while you're at it, please share this podcast with one person that could use the message. And I will talk to you on Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you.